So here we go. So welcome aboard. And today we're going to go over this. Then I'll stop the recording and we can talk. But the, the little educational part will be first. So again, when words are not enough, hidden post-traumatic stress disorder, COVID and shame, uh, the sta and a statement that ruined lives. This is kind of cool, right? And again, my contact info is NFNLP is the main one. I'm redoing uh, drwillhorton.com. That should be fixed this week. And uh, so that's going to be fun. Of course, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. I got a new project. Should be fun. And always remember, the only easy day was yesterday. <laughs> so ask yourself a question. What can I learn new today? How can I apply this info, both personally and professionally? Right? And how can I enjoy this class? I just like to always start with those questions because it focuses our brain. So when we look at post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, uh, most people think of mass trauma when it comes to PTSD. You know, uh, combat because of uh, the war. Um, when the war was really raging, it's still going on. Everybody forgets that, right? We have troops in two combat zones. Um, but so we think of that mass trauma or crime victims. You were you were attacked or someone close. You know you were with someone was attacked. Of course, car, car accidents cause PTSD, right? And of course, natural disasters. I live here in Florida. You know we get those uh, uh, and different people. I don't think anybody here is from Texas, but Texas, Mississippi, they got some uh, natural disasters going on. Um, and it, it, you know, whether it's floods, disasters, all those, that's what we think of generally when we talk about post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you look at that, quick overview, there are basic stages of, I've heard three to five, I just use four right now. What are the stages of post-traumatic stress? This is from the clinical side from the American Psych Association. You have the impact or emergency stage. That's right as the trauma's happening and just ended right afterwards, right after the car wreck, you know, right after the firefight in the, in, in, if it's a combat situation, you know, as soon as the natural disaster is kind of like, I can think of a hurricane once it's passed, then you're in the impactor stage, right? Um, in the, and then not everyone enters the denial stage, right? But that is right afterwards, right? So you're like, especially if you've experienced, especially physical trauma with it. Um, a lot of people enter denial. I'm fine. I'm fine. Nope. Nothing's bothering me. Right. Uh, and you put up the good front. Right. And we're going to talk a little bit about why that is right today. Right. And then we have the short term recovery stage. Right. And this is where you're fixing the problems. People do quite well in the short term recovery. Right. You're you're reassessing. You're fixing your house. You're doing what you got to do. You're making sure your teammates or your squad members are fine if it, you know from the from the you actually do quite well because your brain locks in on on getting better, and it's in the long term recovery stage that people have issues, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about real quick, just kind of an overview, right? But I like to talk more about what are the hidden traumas, right? What are the hidden traumas, you know? Because all trauma is personal, right? All trauma is personal. You see, two people go through through the same situation, or you know, it seems like the same thing. And one person freaks out, can't handle it. And, I'm, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just they have a different response and the other person seems to be fine with it. You know, I know they've studied that in the military. Some people go through, you know, 
combat mass trauma situations, you know, and you know, out of 10 people, you're going to have varying responses, right? Because everyone responds differently, right? Since some people seem to respond okay and others don't, you start to repress it. Like, what's wrong with me? They're seeming fine, right? You're judging your insides by their outside. You really don't know if they're fine. They may be falling apart. You know, uh, you see that a lot. I can, that I can, uh, stuff that the VA's done. You know, people will put up a good front. So if you see like, hey, your squad members are fine with this. They're laughing, they're joking, right? And you're like, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why can't I handle this? And you start repressing it. When in fact, that person you think is fine, you know, they may be, you know, beating and they may be in a domestic violence situation. They may be substance abusing. They, they may can't sleep, you know, whatever it is. I mean, so, but you, you don't know, but you repress it yourself. And that's where people get stuck. That's where people get stuck. Right. And Heather's in the house anyway. Um, so uh, that's the hidden trauma. And again, it's all personal. Right. And again, we judge ourselves by what other people can can do and say and things like that. Right. And uh, and then I will. The only kind of political thing I'll say is uh, when I heard someone once say that, you know, not everybody's strong enough to handle like a combat situation. Some people are weaker than others. If I could have reached in to, to the TV and slapped that SOB, I would have. Right. Because, first of all, he's never been there. Right. And he's judging. So people like, yeah, you know. So anyway, but again, that will make people repress trauma even more. Right. So. And what happens when words fail? This is the other thing that happens An experience that impacts you that level. You know, uh, what if words fail or if the experience happened before you had words to describe it? Right. Uh, especially like childhood, you don't have words yet to describe it. Right. And the experience from the trauma overrides words. That's what, that's why I, you know, I was trained in cognitive behavioral therapy after I got into NLP and hypnosis. So I never really did it that much, to be honest with you. But it does have good affect and good effect um, with a lot of issues. But it doesn't, you know, see, uh, 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 you know, cognitive behavioral therapy doesn't seem to do that well with um, post traumatic stress disorder right it just it just doesn't right so again experience from the trauma overrides words and also there are no words to describe it sometimes if you've been through trauma or you've experienced it with other people and you ask them to describe it they literally can't right they literally can't right because the experience is beyond words right how do you describe something that's undescribable how do you explain the unexplainable? You know, how do you rationalize something that's irrational at its core, right? And that's why that's where that logic, conscious, subconscious block starts happening. These experiences are beyond words, and they become impressions or feelings, right? And they get encoded in your nervous system, right? You could talk it out of your head all day long. It's in your gut. It is a gut level response, right? And, and it will come back as a block to protect you from a problem, right? It'll become a block. And, and, it, and a trigger can happen years or decades later that'll start the cycle, right? 
and it can be ongoing. And, and it's just, it's, it's fascinating and frustrating. And again, you know, labels don't fit. That's the thing to keep going. And what about childhood trauma or high impact trauma? There's a similarity between trauma that happens in childhood, different levels of childhood, right? And could happen later in life when it's in a high impact area. And like you're in the middle of the trauma, because what happens, the reason they're the same is you do not have the critical factors to process that trauma. When you're a little kid, you don't have the critical factors, right? Uh, you don't have them yet and you don't have the words for it. And then even as an adult, when you're going through something you've never experienced, your, your brain is searching, trying to make sense out of it. And you don't have the critical factors to process it. Right. And that's why it becomes a feeling or a sense, you know, uh, you know, it's a felt sense. It's a feeling, it's a gut level response. It gets down into your neurology. Right. And it can get to the emotions of things. And when it happens, what, what I want to talk about today is what, if, what if people have this thing of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. I can't trust people. Right? These are just statements people start having when you're in that kind of response and, and you can't put a word to it, right? And um, there's a statement that when said at the right time will lead to a lifetime of feeling unworthy. It'll sabotage your success every time. You'll blow up relationships. And this is a key. You can never, ever accept compliments or take pride in your work. You'll downplay it. You'll do, you'll, you'll, you know, oh, that old thing. Oh, it was nothing. You know, you could be up all night cooking a beautiful cake for someone. You give it to them and they're like, oh, thank you. It was best. Oh, it was nothing. You know, it was nothing. You can't just say, well, yeah, you know, it was good work. Right. So, and it, it, it's really kind of cool in a weird, sick way. If you follow me on this, right. And what happens, the right time or timing has to happen when your subconscious is open. It can happen in childhood. It can also happen anytime you're in a highly charged emotional event, right? Because again, your subconscious is open when you're a highly charged emotional event. That's where those anchors or triggers or whatever you want to call them set in instantaneously. And it's a feeling that you're not sure how to process. Especially it's a new feeling. You don't know what to feel. You're like, whoa, what's going on here, right? And then... So you're in that highly charged emotional state and your brain's trying to process it. And if you get the right statement coming into you from an authority figure, a parent, a coach, a, a, a teacher, you know, someone in authority and you're to that feeling and it'll begin to link. Right. And you're not sure how to process it. And basically it, it enacts tribe DNA. Right. And the two statements that are linked together is, are, are you proud of yourself? You should be ashamed. How many people say that to a kid just in, you know, they're doing something stupid, maybe, I, I don't know. And so you, you, you should be ashamed. Are you proud of yourself? It could go in anything. So per, the little kid's doing something, right? And it becomes your, your subconscious mind's wide open and you're processing this feeling that you don't know what it should be, right? You don't know what it should be. And then you get that command are you proud of yourself? You should be ashamed, right? Well, your brain begins to process, right? Is when you have any kind of pride, 
you should be ashamed of feeling pride, right? Uh, when you start getting a success, you start feeling bad about it. You can't accept it, right? You'll blow it up, you know? Uh, and it, it goes deeper and deeper and there's all kinds of different levels. But uh, I've been thinking about this, you know, and, 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 and that, and I was working with someone who uh, experienced, oops, somebody has a comment. Let me chat. Oh, okay. Somebody crashed and came back. I know that feeling. Um, I was working with a gentleman, right? Who, that's why I'm kind of, well, I'll just have to say it because if the next few statements bother you, you should not be an NLP practitioner, coach, or hypnotist, right? And this guy, he had um, sexual dysfunction, right? And sometimes he could get an erection, other times not, yada, yada, yada. Uh, nothing physically wrong with him. He'd went to the doctor and, you know, there was no physical reason for it. And so, and what it was he, when he was a little kid, he couldn't quite put his finger on it. Excuse the pun. Uh, he he had an erection as a, as a young boy, and he was playing with it because it felt good. That's that's why you do that, right? And um, I think it was his older sister who he really re respected, admire. You know, walked in on him and goes, "You know, you should be ashamed of doing that. Are you proud of yourself?" You should just be ashamed. And then, you know, the kid didn't know. He was processing feelings he'd never had at that moment. He'd never had up to that moment. And it felt good. Let's face it. Yeah, it felt good, right? And he didn't know how to process it. And then he's told he should be ashamed of it, right? Um, which led to a whole kind of sexuality he, he wanted to kind of break. <laughs> and uh, so that's how I started talking to him. And I, you know, and just think about that, you know, and people may say, you know, uh, and it can be in different levels. I, I, I've worked with someone who, you know, their mom always liked to be the center of attention. You know, she was always the center of attention. And one day the little girl um, did something in a group and was getting a lot of praise for it because it was good, right? And so the kid didn't know how to process it. Right. Because, again, it's a new feeling. Oh, these people like what I did. Maybe sing to him, whatever it was. Right. And then the parent later on got her aside and started screaming. You should be ashamed of yourself. Are you proud of how they, you know, you took all the attention that da, 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 da. And then, you know, you could just ripple that out for the next 30 something years. Right. And I mean, these things just keep going on. And what it is and it can happen when you're in high trauma, because, again, you don't know how to process this. You know, and so it goes in, but especially that stuff in childhood, you should be, you know, are you proud of yourself? You should be ashamed, you know, don't get too big for your britches. I mean, all these things kind of begin to link together and, you know, it can, it can start a cycle of self-sabotage. A lot of you know, the, those you know me know, I, I've been working a lot with like why people self-sabotage and this could be a big one, right? And it, and, and it's beyond words. So you start doing good. You start feeling some pride. You start getting some success. You know, you don't know how to process it, right? And it, it's, it's just a fascinating, <coughs> excuse me, um, thing that we can begin to decode and work with people. And what can we do about it, right? Um, so 
again, you know, and, and again, what happens when the later on in life, you enter this process, you start feeling whatever that feeling is, and all these negative blocks arise, arise and you'll start those, whatever that defense mechanism is, you know, you can't take pride in your work. You got to downplay it. Anybody can do it. Da, 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 da. You know, when that may not be true, you know, and so it, it, the triggers or the anchors, whatever we want to call them, they start coming up. And a lot of it, it's a feeling, right? You start getting that feeling for whatever way. And you start feeling guilty. You start feeling bad because you were told these good feelings should make you feel bad. And so it begins to link on each other. Does that make sense to everybody? I can see a few people, right? Um, so again, you know, it's just these kind of statements. And again, people may say them, you know, you're embarrassing the family. And the reason I, I say it's the tribe DNA, it's in your DNA to want to be a member of a group, a tribe, a, a family, a, 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 that because humans do not survive well on their own. We are, you know, contrary to, to people that like the lone wolf or the Jeremiah Johnson thing, we don't do well. So if you get kicked out of the tribe or the group, or whatever it is, usually it was a death sentence. And it, and now if you think when you're a kid, if you got kicked out of the family, which, you know, for thousands of years, they would just, you know, the kid would could get kicked out of the family and they died, you know, because, you know, humans are also one of the slowest developing species. So you couldn't, you couldn't fend for yourself. So that's what links that up. And that's why it puts that feeling of shame in there. And if you've ever had, Oops, my internet might be unstable. If I break up, I apologize. Um, but when you have that shame response, your shoulders haunt you, come you're protecting your core, right? Because it's like you got punched in the stomach. Yeah, it's like you got, like my wife, just got kicked in the gut. You pull in and it hurts. And that's the, you know, feeling of shame, right? And again, it starts these cycles. So that was my big uh, thing I wanted to begin to talk about, but it's the hidden traumas. It's not the, you know, when we're going to talk about the class and we'll be doing, you know, all levels of trauma. But I think in our work, it's the hidden traumas It and, and it's not to slight them, but it's like, you know, it's a different level. And then again, it makes you even feel guiltier, right? But I want to throw in a word about COVID because I'm calling what I'm doing a PTSD course with COVID stress response, PTSD and CSR, right? And because when you think about COVID, when I go, when, if we go back and look at the stages of post-traumatic stress, the impact stage, when it's going on, you know, it's usually short-lived, you know, not, it doesn't have to just be instantaneous, like a car wreck. It could be like a combat situation. It could go on for quite a while. Uh, a, a hurricane, a natural disaster. The impact stage is when the trauma is happening, right? And then you might go to the denial stage. Then you can go into the recovery stage, the short-term recovery. You start rebuilding, things like that. So again, if you look at that, and this is like how they look at it clinically, when it comes to COVID, you know, um, sorry, I got the wrong, COVID, we've been stuck in the emergency or impact stage for over a year. Every time there's a light at the end of the tunnel, boom. You know, you can't come out yet. More trauma, more trauma, right? 
And it's, it's beyond, and a lot of the, it's new feelings for a lot of us. We don't know how to respond, right? Uh, so, you know, we could be stuck in the denial stage. You don't know what's going on, right? But what I think is we haven't really been able to hit the short-term recovery stage where you start trying, every time you start rebuilding your life with, okay, now I know how to do online therapy. I can do online teaching. I can do this. And if it looks like things are opening up, they slam it back down, right? So we haven't been able to, you know, they start talking about long-term recovery, not knowing what normal is going to be like, because again, we've been stuck in this impact stage for a year. And it, it's, it's really, it, it's, you know, and some people are handling it quite well. Other people, not so, not so good. Right. And then again, the guilt when, if you're not handling it well, other people seem to handle it well. You know, I was always amused with our Facebook friends that say, well, my life really didn't change. You know, I do this. I stay at home. I don't. Da, da, da. Well, good for you. You know, what about all the people that that shit's driving you crazy? The health clubs are closed. The restaurants are closed. Da, 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 da. I can't go to the movies. Can't go to the theater. You know, uh, and then we could even get into the whole thing about what's an essential worker. What if you're deemed, deemed an unessential worker? Boy, what does that do to your ego and your, which we all have, right? But since we've been stuck there, it's just kind of fascinating about COVID because what that leads to is what we call dyschromometria. And this is the number one thing I think we've all been, been experiencing. It's a, a, a sense of lost time. Anybody um, had the experience where you, you can't think of what day it is? What day is it? Is it Monday? Is it Tuesday? What day is it? You know? Um, and then, yeah, it just kept going on when the TV, it, some people judge their life by like TVs or TV shows, what's going on, you know, sporting events. And when all that crap shut down, time didn't matter, right? Time didn't matter. And it could be the little subtle things like if you had to drive to your office, and it was a 30 minute drive. Well, now you're working online, so you're still doing the work, but that you've, you've lost that ramp up time to get to the office. You've lost, lost the ramp downtime after you're done work, right? So time doesn't matter. It's the same thing that happens in trauma. It's like this COVID time where you lose track of time. It's like uh, I, I was, uh, my daughter uh, and I were talking and I was asking her questions because she went on several long deployments in the Navy. And she goes, that's the first thing you notice is once, those, once you're really underway and at sea, time changes. You know, days really don't matter. You know, you're going to be at sea for whatever it is, 30, 60, 90 days at a crack. And it doesn't matter if it's Monday or Friday, you know, they actually set their, uh, she said on the one ship, they, they set the, their time by what you were going to eat that day. Right. Cause the cooks knew enough to put certain, you knew on Friday, you got this and on Monday you got that. So it was like, you could look forward. That's the only way you knew what day it was because it didn't matter. You're seeing the same people doing the same things. Nothing changes. You're on the ship. You know, the scenery may, well, it's this, if you're especially in the middle of the ocean, <laughs> still looks like the middle of the ocean, whether you're Atlantic, Pacific, or right. And you're same people doing the same thing, just like those of us working from home. Time begins to do this, right? And I think as it looks like things are opening up, where people are going to experience it going into this kind of trauma as you come out of it, when you try to get into the short-term recovery and when you try to begin to process what is long-term recovery from COVID going to look like? Uh, how's your life going to change? How will this affect you? Same with after a major trauma, 
right? You may not be able to do some of the things you did before. You may avoid certain, my fear, I'll be honest, my fear is this absolute terror they've installed in the, in, in, in the population of other people, right? And so what's going to happen when things open up, you know, and you keep, you know, if you, it's going to be, it'll be interesting. And I think our services will be needed, right? And uh, again, Block, Dr. Block, identified four factors that put this idea of dyschromometria uh, and it's the characteristics of the time experiencer when you're experiencing time. And most of us have time-related behaviors and judgments, day of the week, things like that stuff. And when that was changed, you lost your sense of time, right? Um, and it can, it, you know, and, and the contents of a period of time, you know, all these things, right? So it's something we can begin to think about, right? And again, childhood trauma, high impact trauma, uh, it's all personal, you know, and it becomes a feeling or a sense, right? And we're seeing that with this COVID response. We, we're gonna, you wanna begin to reset your clock, you know, and that's, I've been seeing now that like, they're trying to get the TV, those in a lot of Americans and the world does go by, you know, your television schedule, right? They're, they're trying to bring back some normalcy there, the sporting events, right? Whether you're a sports fan or not, I still think uh, here in America, the NFL season was one of the best things to happen to get people back on, you know, you can look forward to something. There was a day, it was Sunday, da, 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 right? Um, so, and it could help you begin. Now we have to learn how to reset for new markers because some of it may not come back. So anyway, we're going to have a class uh, PTSD and COVID stress response. It starts uh, February, February, March 9th, next Tuesday, uh, 7 to 8.30 in the evening. It's a Tuesday. And that's like an intro. Talk about probably go over this stuff again, set up what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. And then Saturday and Sunday, the 13th and 14th, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Go over some stuff, a lot of techniques and practicing and how to spin it specifically for um, what we're talking about with trauma and, and trauma response. Uh, the 16th, another Tuesday, 7 p.m., question and answers, uh, open discussion, work on things. And then we'll wrap it up the last Saturday. It's a long class because it's a big topic. Uh, the 20th and the 21st, Saturday and Sunday, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., right? It'll be, we'll also have a private Facebook group. I haven't named it yet, but if you decide to join the class and that's where I'll post the videos after the class, that's what I've been doing lately on Facebook. It's a private group. And the reason I like that is it's such an easy platform to access from anywhere. And so you could access, watch the videos if you got to miss part of it, or if you want to go back and watch part of it, I already had a couple of people say they're going to, they're signing up. Uh, but they're going to miss certain days because they have other things. That's cool. And at the end of the training, you're going to get a new manual. We just, we finished the master class a few weeks ago. And um, that manual is being tweaked now, um, you know, adding new things, kind of restructuring it. Right. And so you'll get a new manual at the end of the class because we're going to use the older manual as a, as the thing. And I'm going to add new stuff new info, the things we can add. And there's a certification available if you want to be certified in it uh, for a slight fee because they've raised the shipping 
through the roof. I can't afford to ship anything anymore, hardly. So anyway, uh, if you have any questions, go to nfnlp.com. Uh, there, there's a way to sign up. It's only it's the class is ninety seven dollars. I'm doing it really entry level uh, cost. Uh, uh, so you can get the information. That's why I'm, I'm getting it out there because I think this is really going to be needed because and the reason next month I'm going to do addictions. Right. Alcohol sales in the United States, Canada and Europe are up between 40 and 50 something percent. I read um, the amount of drug drug use has gone up. Right. It's it's exponential. Right. Um, pain kills. Well, I was reading about, you know, the pain response, all that. Right. Uh, let's be honest, because I know it's here happening here in Sarasota. A few people actually overdosed on fentanyl and it was listed as covid death. Right. It's probably nicer for your family if, you know, your fat, they could say, yeah, he died of covid. No, it wasn't the 400 milligrams of. Um, of the fentanyl that they took. Right. And hypno Heather. Hey, Miss Heather. Uh, mentions yeah the past traumas are resurfacing because of this covid thing because it's throwing you back in the stress response you know i know um that's why you see like i can every uh, you see somebody like a guy that's been through combat that's very calm most of the time but if suddenly unexpectedly there's fireworks they might get that it's an anchor that gets fired out of context and for a lot of people this con this COVID time has fired up those old anchors, by the way. Uh, I heard one guy who did a lot of deployments, like seven of them, right? And he goes, this reminds him of being in combat, right? No sense of time. You know, my daughter talked about it was like being out to sea again, all this other stuff. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry, I digress. Um, so yeah, so all these things are going on. Uh, that's why next month, like I said, I'm gonna do the addiction course because addictions are through the roof um psychotropic medication sales are through the roof you know antidepressants anti-anxiety sleep meds right uh, i already read one thing on the american it came through the american psych association i'm a member but it was something from the american psychiatric association the medical side of it and they were talking about uh what's going to happen when things start opening up and, you know, doctors have been giving people, you know, sleep aids, you know, whatever. I can't, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but, you know, some kind of pharmacal sleep aid, basically it knocks you out. Uh, when they start pulling those back because they don't want you on them forever, right? And it actually gives bad sleep, yada, yada, yada. But you've trained, there's all this stuff I think is just around the horizon, Right. And again, the people that are drinking too much because, you know, you're doing your work online, like here we are on Zoom. And if I was doing a meeting and, oh, yeah, I'm having a cup of coffee. You don't know. It could be it could be a glass of wine. It is coffee. I haven't had a drink in 37 years. Uh, but it's like, so what's going to happen when, you know, you go back to work or this is happening? And, you know, maybe I'm not saying people are alcoholics or drug addicts. They've self-medicated. And they might move into what they call the substance abuse stage. They're not dependent yet, yada, yada, yada. That's for the next class. But I mean, just this whole idea of the stuff that we're talking about um, uh, is fascinating to me, right? So I was just a little bit, but let's go back. I do that statement, you know, is uh, 
you know, the somewhere in there, but about, are, you should be ashamed of yourself. Are you proud of yourself? Does that make you feel good? You should be ashamed, right? And again, if you're in a highly charged emotional state and that came in, just think what's happening to your subconscious mind. You know, does that feel good? You should be ashamed of yourself, right? Uh, and which leads to all kinds of dysfunction. So again, go to NFNLP if you have any questions. I'm going to stop the recording. And then, damn it. Stop the share. Okay. Let me stop the re recording. There we go.